Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're well. I'm actually recording on my travel mic at the moment because I'm in Australia. So if the quality sounds a little bit different, hopefully it doesn't because it is just my old mic, which I used to always record my podcast on. But yeah, I'm really glad that I kept it because otherwise, I don't know what I would do if I came on holiday. It feels weird not talking in my usual setup, but yeah, I'm in Australia and it's really, really cool. And I kind of just want to like share some things that I've realized, learn. And I think what's interesting was, if you didn't know, I went to Bali literally a year ago. And I've talked about this a lot. Like it was an experience and I went with my ex-boyfriend and a lot of things came up on the holiday. And this is my first big trip away since like I've been on little one, two week holidays, but I have not done like a five week. I think Bali was six weeks, Australia's five weeks. And it's just like, almost like a moment of growth. And so I thought I would just like share things that I've learned, realized, etc. But yeah, so, so far in Australia, I've gone to Sydney for three days and now I'm in Byron Bay and I absolutely love it. And yeah, I'm just really, really excited. I've got four more weeks. It's so crazy because I'm always scared that it's going to go so fast, but I don't think that's ever an issue. Like, life is to be experienced, and I don't think you should, like, live and worry that good times will go. It's just something else to experience, and you're going to have more of those experiences. So, yeah, in this episode, I'm going to share things I've learned. I'm going to share, you know, talking about live to work slash work to live, which has kind of been like something that I was told before Australia and I'm going to kind of expand on that and then at the end I'm also going to talk about my run club and community and all that stuff and I think even if you're not traveling or going to travel soon I think things that I say will help because they're going to be things along having boundaries socializing learning about yourself like I've just learned it through traveling if that makes sense so keep listening even if you aren't traveling So the first thing is work to live or live to work. And I think in the UK, like I live in London and there's this whole thing where we live to work. We, our our jobs are our life or that's what like every day is about. And sometimes we forget to actually live, right? Because over here in Australia, I was told it before and I genuinely didn't think it applied to me. because I was like, no, I don't work a nine to five and my whole life isn't about work. So it's not like that, but it did apply to, like it does apply to me and I've definitely learned things already. And basically Australians have a way of like, they work, but they work so that they can live. You know, they do their morning shift so that they can go and beach and surf and have fun with their friends, pay for things that they need rather than like their whole life just being work like they're doing it so that they can live more which I think in the UK and it may be in other places too where we work and we forget to live so we are just living to work and I've just kind of been shown a whole new thing and I think this is only the start I'm sure like next week on my podcast or like by the end of the trip I'm gonna have even more of like an understanding and I don't even know like I'm gonna basically have more of an understanding of what it means but so far I've just kind of noticed that my days are obviously I'm on holiday so and I'm traveling so the 
priority slash more of the focus is to go have fun, is to go socialize, to go meet new people, to watch the sunsets, to watch the sunrises, to notice things in nature and go on cool runs and all of these things. And I know that I'm extremely lucky and that I can basically work wherever I go in the world because my work is social media, podcasting, all that stuff. And so I'm extremely privileged that I can go anywhere to work, but this is also, you know, people in Australia who are traveling and still working and all that stuff. And I think you can still take bits from it. But since being here, I've obviously spent a lot more time kind of, or not even more time, yeah, more time, but I think the message is more intensely lived, doing more things that are meaningful and that I'm kind of living for, but I've still managed to do my work. And it's just, an. and this might, again, just be particular to me, but take it where it resonates. You know, in the UK, I wake up, I get ready for my day, I go to the coffee shop, I bang out like good chunk of hours, I come back, have my lunch very quickly, I then get on with my afternoon work, maybe that's admin, maybe that's more editing, maybe that's a podcast, like whatever, and then it will come to maybe like 6, 7 p.m., and then it's kind of like, okay, do I need to like do a run, or do I need to do something else, do I need to go grocery shopping, okay, and then I get ready for bed, I I have my dinner, I get ready for bed, and then boom, next day it rolls around. And I do believe that there is an extent that those hours that I've put in has led me to where I am today. You know, the mundane grinding moments are what bring you opportunities in six months time or a year time. They don't pop out of nowhere. You know, if you put in the work, you do get results out of it. So that's not for me to say like, oh, work less and whatever. But the fact that while I've been over here, I've been living in my day probably 80% more, but I'm still getting my stuff done. I'm still finding pockets of time where I'm doing my work, I'm getting stuff done. I'm being, I don't know if it's more efficient because I'm pretty efficient and productive in the UK, but for some reason, I'm just living more out here. And I think when I come back, I'm really going to use my time more in fun moments I want to make more plans with friends I want to get myself out there more I want to book activities exciting things I am such a homey routine person that I literally live the same routine in and out every single day and maybe you know once a week I go to a group workout class and I have a social and maybe at the weekend I go on like a group run with friends or Maybe I have a night out, but that's kind of rare for me. But in the summer, I have that more. But it's very sporadic. And I think those fun moments is what keeps us happy too. And so I think when I come back, I'm going to really try bring those moments back in. And it almost gives me reassurance that nothing bad is going to happen. I think, you know, I've definitely come a long way from having like work boundaries and knowing that I don't you know when you're self-employed you have no boss so you can either be self-employed and not do too much or you can be self-employed and actually almost overwork and keep going and keep going and I've grown so much from that and I'm able to have time off I'm able to have weekends off turn my phone off like be in the moment and stuff but I think it's going to be like an extra level of reassurance that booking yourself out for fun things making plans with friends doing spontaneous things allowing room for spontaneous things to happen won't take me 
away from any success because I'm you know success driven it's not what I base myself worth on but I you know I always repeat life is a game go play and so within that I like to work hard and I think it's going to be really nice going back you know knowing that I can still have all of these fun moments and I'm still going to be on the grind and I'm still going to be getting my stuff done but I can just live a little more I've also you know I've traveled but this holiday feels like I'm traveling you know when friends go like oh I'm, I'm going traveling and I'd be like oh okay cool and I thought I'd, I'd I thought I had done it before but this Australia trip especially the last I'd say like three days since being in Byron Bay I'm understanding what traveling means it doesn't always mean just like a holiday and you go somewhere else and whatever but like when friends say they're traveling I now get what they mean it's friends it's socializing it's sunrises it's sunsets it's different cultures it's having fun meeting new people from different places doing spontaneous things like that's what traveling is and it's so weird because I didn't go to uni right so I never had the you know living in a group like living with a group of people or dorms or what what do people call like accommodation (laughs) and being with friends all the time or around you I didn't have that I've pretty much gone from living at home to living with a friend and then now living by myself for the last year and I never really experienced that and I think it's almost so like it almost like excites like not the inner child of me or maybe it does but to have that experience without going to uni like because I didn't go to uni I thought that I had missed out on this whole kind of life but traveling is I kid you not literally like uni student ages but you're traveling I don't know how to explain it like you go do activities and you go do fun things and that's like the uni work of it I don't want to say uni work of it but like that's your like day stuff and then you go out on the night or I don't know you make fun plans with friends or you do things with friends or you go get coffee or do you know what I mean like all of those things and you like you know you have people around you but you can also have time alone like I don't know it's just kind of exciting and even just like basically I'm in hostels and normally when I travel I go to a destination I have a hotel and I'm in one place and I live kind of a routine out of it I socialize but I think my level of socializing is maybe saying hi to people but being in hostels is actually so fun and the reason why I'm actually in hostels because I'll be completely honest if I had booked a traveling experience to Australia like if I said okay I want to go to Australia I didn't have the knowledge that hostels were fun I thought that hostels were like I'll just be completely blunt I thought just hostels were a cheaper version of like hotels or airbnbs and so I didn't understand the benefit of them but hostels are literally like accommodation at uni because you have your own little room you have a shared like shower or something bathrooms and then you have like a big kitchen where like people meet up and chat and chill and you have the kitchen where where you're all cooking dinner together and it's just so so cute and I'm so so glad I'm staying at hostels like I can completely just you have to almost like let yourself emerge into the life like I'm someone who likes to be in like a nice place and clean and my own place to shower or whatnot and a nice kitchen but it's actually so nice just living in a in a different type and bonding with other people your age and I think with hostels like 
you're all kind of inclined to talk to each other because you're all in the same boat everyone is pretty much traveling on their own some people are traveling with people um i'm actually traveling with alex at the moment and she works with me and stuff so it's kind of like yeah so i'm traveling with someone but it doesn't stop you at all from making new friends and hanging around with people and yeah it's just a very very new experience i've opened up to and if i had someone who explained it to me like this i think i'd be a lot more like oh maybe i do want to go traveling in that way i just had no idea and i'd always see like people go traveling online like you know like people that took gap years but i never understood the ins and outs of it and now i do and i'm like oh my god like i want to do this more often like this is super super fun one thing i've really really learned is you know this last week i've realized how it's your responsibility to create fun like it's your responsibility it doesn't just come to you on a silver platter ready for you you have to be open to some level to experience it and you actually have to put in effort to access the fun because if you stay in your own little world and you go from your hostel and you don't talk to anyone in the area like in the kitchen or in the corridor or in the bathroom and you go straight to the beach by yourself and then you go to lunch by yourself and you come back you're not going to make any friends and you're not going to know like you're almost going to think that it's your fault or that you just can't access the fun like you see people on the beach in a group like having a little beach day together or going for like sunset picnics and you're like wait why can't I access that and it's because you're not opening yourself up to opportunities you have to you know I've talked about this I think earlier in the year when I was trying to make friends in my new hometown like I call it my hometown now um but I've I've lived there for a year now in London and at the beginning like I just didn't have anyone and then I realized oh my god at coffee shops especially in London it's so much harder whereas here it's so easy like so much easier but in London it's harder but I did it like I had my head up in coffee shops I would literally just like start talking to people and some of those people that I started talking to in coffee shops and gyms and other places are now some of my closest friends in my hometown and it's the same here with traveling although it's a lot easier because as I said everyone is so open to kind of talk to you in the kitchen you just make conversation with people next to you and and you know maybe this will help you if you're at uni because you know it's kind of like same experience but different and yeah you just have to have your head up you got to talk to people you got to make conversation if people make small talk with you like open let that be kind of a window of opportunity like that person has been bothered to like say a comment so like talk back and you know make conversations and ask people where they're from and what they're doing and everything and then within that you you've got to put a little bit more effort to like get a contact or like oh can I get your Instagram or oh I'm going to the beach want to come and they might be like oh actually I'm already going to the beach with a group of friends want to come like want to join with us and then like boom that's your ticket you join on to like other people's friendship groups and then you see who your people are within that friendship group and then you might hang out with another person in that group and then go have like a whole nother day and that's kind of what happened the last couple of days while I've been in Byron. I bumped into a girl who followed me on like my socials and she was like, oh my God, like I followed you. And I was like, no way. And then, you know, that's happened loads in Australia. Just a little side note, I can't believe, I think it's been like a PR, like a personal record of how many people are kind of bumping into me and I'm bumping into, you know, in London, like people come up to me and be like, oh, like I follow you. But in Australia, literally like on a walk at the gym, 
at a coffee shop on the beach it's crazy like i think because it's not only australians it's also like loads of people traveling like i think it's probably i'd say 40 percent or maybe 50 percent australians and the rest is like people from all over the world which is so so cool and yeah so then i was on a run the other day and then i bumped into the same girl that i was talking about and I was doing chin-ups so she was like oh yeah that's Anna again and then I was like helping her do some chin-ups and then I was like oh do you want to just like run together because we were both running before and then we ended up just like chatting hanging out the next day we hanged out again she invited me to like hang out with her group and then I made friends within her group and then now I feel like I've got a whole little circle and to be fair when you're traveling depending on like if you're staying in one area or moving a lot it will all restart again. Like in a couple of days, I'm gonna be moving somewhere else and I'm probably not gonna go, not gonna know many people again. And it's gonna be like, right, let's restart this. And I talked to her about it and I was like, is it hard like traveling alone? Cause obviously I'm not alone, I'm with Alex, um, but I've still got like an intention to kind of meet loads of people and make spontaneous plans and have fun and really, really socialize. Um, that's kind of my intention of this holiday. And yeah, I was asking my friend and she was like, yeah to be fair every time I make friends and then you have to leave them and it's really really hard and then you have to do it all again but I think there's like growth within that and it's fun and just exciting to kind of meet new people but it doesn't mean that it's not going to come with a challenge now I want to say some pointers from like my experience in Bali with my ex-boyfriend Max who by the way we had a really wholesome relationship everything was like we were really there for each other we dated for a year and we ended on really good terms we just realized that we were more than like we were more friends um and so all good words on his behalf and but I'm gonna go back to Bali so some things that I felt and experienced in Bali so little things like if Max didn't want to watch sunset I didn't if Max didn't want to go on a sunrise walk I didn't if Max didn't want to go to a certain restaurant I didn't and now I've learned you know if I want to do something, I have to go do it. And, you know, I felt guilty for leaving him alone, even if he didn't mind or cared. He could literally tell me, Anna, like, go off and do the thing. I just don't want to do it. I don't know whether it was a people-pleasing background or just the way that I've lived my life so far with maybe men in my life or relationships or even just friends. Like, I don't even think it has to be a relationship thing. Like, I've experienced this this with friends too there's almost like guilt for leaving them alone or doing your own thing but the thing is is you have to do your own thing this is our lives and that doesn't mean go be a shit friend or whatever like no 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 no. but if you do your thing with the right intentions and you invite the person along and you know sometimes you don't always have to invite like sometimes it's okay to have alone time and experience things on your own and you can have that too but you have got to do you and the people around you can either join in but they don't also don't have to and they can do themselves but you have to do you and you are not a bad person for doing that and the other person you know let's say there were points where maybe Max did care that I was going off and he maybe he felt lonely or whatever and maybe you have a friend that feels like this or you think they feel like this you still have to do you and even if they have a perception that you're a bad friend you are not you are not I don't know how to explain it but you're not a bad friend for doing that obviously like just communicate I think communication is such a key thing and 
you know, communicating between female friendships, I think is a lot harder. I experienced this with like, you know, flatmates and just even just like girls in general. Like, I think because we feel so much more, we, I don't wanna say feel so much more because guys feel too, but guys are very straightforward. And I think, you know, that's naturally why I gravitated towards like hanging out with guy friends more when I was in like, in my teenage years and summer, because it's very straightforward. It's like, do you wanna go on a bike ride? Yeah, I wanna go home, cool. I want to go here, cool. I want to do this, you want to do that, cool. With girls, we're analyzing what they want to do, we're analyzing what we want to do, but we don't want to express what we want to do. We're scared what they will think, but they are scared to express what they feel. So we are always in this cloud of stories, stories we're telling ourselves, stories that they're telling themselves, and stories that we're experiencing. And every story is valid but communication fixes that and it's still something that I'm learning and sometimes you know it's a journey of communication nobody is perfect but we do get better and when we feel safer in a relationship we communicate better so if we know that that person isn't going to judge us for wanting alone time if we know that person knows that if we say we need alone time we don't not like them then we feel safer like I know like let's say me and my best friends from my hometown and I'm talking hometown, like where I was raised, let's say my friend Isha or Lily, like if I said, oh, I'm gonna go do this because I need some alone time, they're not gonna think anything of themselves because of it. They're not gonna think, oh, Anna doesn't like me. They're gonna be like, Anna needs her alone time. They know it. Sometimes in newer friendships and depending on like their um, ways of doing things, like the other friend, they might put it on themselves. And if we can kind of communicate like, oh no, no, like I just need alone time. This is how I run. Or I need some space or I need to go and be spontaneous and not know what I'm gonna do all evening, etc. If we can communicate that it's not on them, that's like a really good thing because it makes them feel safe. But yeah, I think also by you doing more you, firstly, you're hitting the, the the tick box of living your life, which is a priority, but you're also doing something else that's actually beneficial for the other person. You are opening up their eyes and potentially influencing them without knowing. And the best part of this, or the most important part of like doing this is to not lay it on them. To not, like, and if I just talk about this in terms of food, just as like an example, instead of telling your friend, oh, you should eat this or you should eat more of that or you shouldn't have that or you should have this, why don't you just eat in the way that you want to eat and you know you should eat and let's say you've got a really good like healthy mindset with food, you eat in the way you want to do and if your friend is inspired to eat in that way, great. If they're not, not your responsibility. And you will do more by not telling them. And it's something I've learned very, very recently. Like I've learned it across the year anyways, but even more so recently, like I'm just gonna do me. And if someone is influenced by that, great, but I don't need to tell them that. And that's the same way with maybe being spontaneous. You know, maybe if you have a friend that isn't as spontaneous or whatever, like it's okay, you don't need to put it on them. Go do your things, invite them along the way. If they wanna do it, great. And sometimes, it's really hard for other people. Like you have to understand that we all have very different 
backgrounds and upbringings. Some people are very, very carefree, don't need a plan in their day, can do absolutely whatever. And another person will find that really, really hard. They've grown up with routines, things being in place, and they need that in order to feel safe. Neither one is wrong. So if you're on one side and you find it aggravating how your friend can just, or not even that your friend can do it, but you think that it's wrong, neither way is wrong. And same for if you're carefree and you've got a pers- you've got a friend who needs things in place in order to have their day. That's absolutely fine. Let them do them, right? But let you do you. And hopefully you'll inspire each other in a little bit of a way. You might realize, okay, there are some times where I need to have a night in or sometimes where I need to do this, but it comes from a place of you wanting to do it and not someone telling you to do it. And then it's from the other way as well. You know, you might be spontaneous and do your fun things and one day or one time or one afternoon, your friend will feel safe enough to join you on that. But to not push people into that. And sometimes we adapt rather than influence or just do your own thing. You know, we go, well, if they aren't gonna do it, then we need to adapt to their ways. If they don't want, you know, the same way I'm talking about, like in my head right now, I've got me and Bali with Max. You know, if Max didn't wanna have a wholesome evening like I was craving like I remember I kept repeating when I was there like I think it was on my podcast even at the time I was like I just want a friend who's gonna look up to the moon and we can stargaze and we can talk about life and the fact that Max wasn't doing that with me I just didn't do it and fair enough I didn't really like put myself out there slash I wasn't really in the place to like completely make new friends at the time and that's okay too um and you might be going through a holiday like I was in Bali, like you don't feel like you can even make friends or you're even in that position. That's okay too. Like sometimes you've got to come back from travels and grow a bit in your day-to-day life at home and then go back out again. Like just know that each traveling experience gets better. And so, yeah, I was talking about not adapting. Like you do you. And if you can, you know, while you're traveling or at uni, find those people that want to do those stuff with you and it can happen like sometimes you got to do it by yourself because no one around you is in that place and I actually watched a reel earlier and I put it into my Inside Anna's Mind um, broadcast channel like on Instagram you can have broadcast channels so it's on my Anna Archer fitness page and I've got an Inside Anna's Mind broadcast channel which is like linked in the bio and I sent the reel there and it was like um It's Chris Williamson, I think, that's his name, from Modern Wisdom Podcast. And he was talking about the phase of growing out of your old friends and then not finding your new friends yet. And it's a lonely period. I have been there. And that's why I sent it in, just so that, like, people know. Because only recently have I found, like, a really lovely group of London friends that we all have similar, like... Um, what's it called, interests and stuff, and then traveling, like finding people similar levels and stuff and vibes, that wasn't always the case. Like take me back to Bali or take me back to like other periods of being at home, that wasn't always the case because you haven't found your new friends yet and you're in this kind of lonely period. And that's why in that period, 
it's going to be a lot of growth but also and perseverance because it's like do you want to go back to your old ways of potentially less self-awareness and going back to an old friendship group or do you want to stick around a little bit longer and put your foot in a little bit more to try find your new people because it eventually does come it really really does another thing i experienced in bali was i felt down when max wasn't as excited as me in or even like as expression as me i am a very like I like to vocalize my excitement. If I have a nice coffee, if I see a nice view, if I have a fun idea, I am bubbly and I want to talk about it. And sometimes people aren't like that. They, and that's okay. Like I have a few friends like that and they don't quite bounce off those ideas or maybe want to go deeper into conversation or anything like that. And I used to feel really down about it. I used to actually, you know, with Max, I because Max was feeling down on his holiday, by the way. It wasn't just that he wasn't like that at all. But as a general, he was a lot more like not as many highs and not as many like lows. Like I feel emotions on a probably higher like range level. Instead, some people are sometimes just a little bit more on like a, I don't want to say flat line, but like a little bit less of the extremes. Neither one or bad is good or wrong or whatever. It's just we're all different and whatever. But what I've really learned is that you don't have to adapt to that again. I remember in Bali when I started noticing that if I felt excited about a view and I looked over to Max and he wasn't showing that, I was like, oh my God, well, I don't think I'm allowed to feel this then. Or I started not expressing it as much because I wasn't getting a reciprocation of it. You know, why keep saying your coffee is so good or that you love being here or that the view is amazing if the person you're with isn't bouncing off that? right? That was my view at the time. And so I started dimming my excitement, my noises, my random squeals, my dance moves, because my bubble was not being popped, but I was letting it be dampened. And something I've really learned is one, keep doing you. Imagine a golden bubble around you, and there's happiness, there's excitement, you know, all the other emotions too. But if you're in a good energy, even if someone isn't joining you on that energy, you can still have this bubble around you that keeps you in your energy instead of almost pulling in whatever they're feeling. You know, maybe they're not having a great day and they don't want to talk about the view or any exciting things. It doesn't mean that you can't feel what you're feeling, okay? And it's a different conversation to being there for someone where they're feeling down. And not only that, but to know that there's also other people out there that can join you on that level. And that's a very, very rewarding and nurturing thing too, when you do find those people that just bounce you off in those ways. Because it is actually such a loving and healing process when you find someone that can talk deeper and be excited with you. Because I think what it does is it pushes you to be even more. You're both, you know, when like you're with a friend and you get more and more deep or you're having belly laughs or whatever, like you're going even more deeper. It's fun. It pushes you to be even more yourself. And I think the main thing was that, and I know a lot of people feel this too, I've heard about it where let's say you're on holiday or you're on a trip or you're just with friends, feeling responsible for how everyone's feeling. You know, is everyone okay? Oh, someone isn't? Okay, I can't be. And really not everyone around you has to feel happy in order for you to feel happy you can feel happy even if everyone around you isn't happy okay 
you can check in on someone, you can tell them that you're there, but then you are allowed to have fun, you're allowed to swim in the ocean, you're allowed to go on a walk, you're allowed to skip down the street, you're allowed to do all those things. Okay, now I'm just gonna, I'm already kind of said like pointers, not pointers, but tips. I'm now gonna really rack out the tips. I'm really gonna rack it out for socializing, either on travels, uni, work, wherever you are. But obviously mine are travel inspired. So the first one, I kind of talked about already, but getting yourself out there, letting yourself meet people who are on similar level. You know, deep conversations, spontaneous plans and belly laughs are out there. They are out there. You just got to find them. You got to mingle with lots of different people and you got to get good at vibe checking. I'll tell you that. I am very good at vibe checking and I sometimes get asked, um, because obviously like traveling when, you know, people kind of, you know, you bump into people that know you or you're in a group and then one person will tell everyone else that like, oh, like this girl does this online and stuff. You know, people close friends will ask me like oh do you find it like hard or difficult or do you find people getting close to you for the wrong reasons and I'll get questioned like that from let's say my friends at home in London and stuff and I'll be honest and say it doesn't really affect me because I'm good at vibe checking I can spot very easily and so it doesn't even bother me because I don't let it go to past a certain point right so Whereas previously, maybe I wasn't as quick noticing. So it would eventually get to me because I would realize too far down the line that I got close to someone that's for the wrong reason or that potentially, you know, using in certain ways or other ways. Whereas now, and that you could resonate this in a way of like getting too close to someone who isn't actually on a good vibe for you. Not that anyone is a bad vibe, just may not be the right vibe for you. And the way is just noticing, like even traveling already, like sometimes I'll meet people whether or not they knew me before or not. And there'll just be certain signs that I look out for. And sometimes I just get bad vibes. If I feel like I'm a little bit suffocated, if someone is getting, I don't wanna say too close to me. I don't want any, anyone to ever feel like wrong for feeling too close because I genuinely, like the girl that I met on holiday here, like in Byron Bay, we've got so close so quickly. And I've already told her like, I'm gonna talk about this on the podcast and don't you dare think that this is applying to you. like. There are people that I'm so close that we get so close so quickly. And then there are other people where I feel slightly suffocated. And don't ever worry if you're my friend because you wouldn't be my friend if that happened, I'll be honest. But there are times where I just have to like step back a tiny, tiny bit and be like, I need a little bit of space. Or, you know, if they wanna make a plan, I maybe won't go forward on it or something like that. Because I can just realize that it's not quite my vibe. And you're allowed to do that. A little reminder, you're allowed to do that. You don't have to be friends with everybody. Okay, the next one is learning to socialize. And let's say you're in a community room, kitchen, maybe a night out. Think about, let's say you're craving some female friendships or just some friends, platonic friends, not a romantic thing. Think about when you have a crush, right? I know for a fact (laughs) that when I have a crush, I you know, I put my foot out there a little bit. I'll start up a little bit of small talk or I'll stand nearer to them in the room or I'll give them open signs that, like I won't put my headphones on and keep my head down if I want them to come near me. Do you know what I mean? Like little things like that. You'll make little conversations. If they make any sort of conversation, you're kind of latching onto that and you're doing more. Very much like that. Think about when you have a crush. You've almost got to apply those skills that you have (laughs) with getting talking to your crush 
to making friends and you may be the other way around you may be really really good at making friends and then be so nervous when talking to guys or girls and not know how to talk to your crush it's the other way around right so I'm going to talk about the crush version but like let's say you know I'm in the kitchen and I see some girls next to me and even if I've got a few girlfriends already made here there is no harm in making new friends because you never know what more people can bring to you or you can bring to them or experience with them or even it might just be a five minute conversation but I'll be open I won't have my headphones in have my head up I'll make a small talk about what they're cooking or what they did in their day or where they're from or like oh do you mind if I grab that knife or something do you know what I mean and they might give small talk back and they may not and that's fine it just shows that they don't want to do that and so be aware if you're not giving something back and people don't then reciprocate that back again maybe you're not giving the signals that you're open but most of the time people are open to conversation and you know you bounce off each other and that way that you would kind of those things that you do to kind of go towards your crush being more open head up on the small talk putting a little bit more effort to continuously talk to them throughout the night that's what you got to do with your friends (laughs) and it works it really does so that's another thing Okay, this is a very important one, I personally think, and that is to not plan out your whole day. Whether you're traveling, whether you're at uni or home or whatever. Otherwise, you do not leave room for opportunities and spontaneous plans. It makes complete sense if we think about it. If you plan your whole day and if you've thought about everything, you know, what you're eating, who you're seeing, what you're doing, you have no room to experience things spontaneously if you have every hour in your day booked up or every two hours or everything booked up how do you expect a spontaneous plan to come in because you're busy you have to have free time to allow opportunities to come in and that's something that I've enjoyed practicing in Byron Bay because you know people ask me like what are you doing today and I like to respond I'm not too sure you know, but in my head, I know there are some things I need to do, like today, people are asking me, you know, what are you doing today, because I had a run club this morning, which I'll talk about, and I was like, oh, I'm just just gonna go with the flow, but in reality, I knew that I had to record a podcast, and I knew that I potentially wanted to go to the gym with my friend, and I wanted to have a beach day and go surfing, but I haven't planned it out, I'm literally just going moment by moment, and I really like practicing doing that, and saying that, and when a someone asks like oh what are you doing for dinner this evening I don't know you know I don't know I don't want to think about it I'll think about it when I'm hungry you know what I mean and you know that might not work for everybody but I think it's a fun thing to practice and it's definitely something I'm doing here and I'm enjoying and I don't want to know what I'm doing this evening I don't want to know what I'm doing tomorrow morning I'll have rough activities and that's kind of my next point is to have activities to look forward to because especially if you're traveling if you've got a whole week of doing absolutely nothing or even at home you will get in your head I know for a fact that like not even in your head but you'll you just do life a little bit differently even when I had my first three days in Sydney bearing in mind though disclaimer not disclaimer like jet lag getting used to where I was different location the first week of your traveling is always a little bit different but we had like no kind of like activities planned and you know, you are a little bit, what's the word, monotonous, like mundane, oh, I don't know what it is, but just kind of like, 
I'll do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this, I'll do this. Nothing to kind of excite you. But as soon as I kind of planned a run club to happen on the last day of Sydney, that evening, I was so excited. It didn't really matter what I was doing in the evening. I wasn't trying to fill up my day because I was excited for the next day while enjoying where I was. And I just know that if I had every day free, I wouldn't be living so much. Whereas, you know, having things like, you know, okay, tomorrow I'm going on a tour guide to go, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called like the behind the bay tour tomorrow. And yesterday we went surf lesson, like we had surf lessons and the two days were kayaking. So it's almost like every other day slash every three days, I've got something to look forward to that's booked, that's regimented fun. I think that's really important. We need both spontaneous fun and planned fun. And that is something that I remember doing this summer and realizing that I needed this summer because I would be doing my day-to-day week, I'd be grinding, I'd be doing my videos, I would have events and I would get really, really overwhelmed with work, with just emotion, not even emotions, just stress because I had no planned fun in. And as soon as I gave my, like, as soon as I knew that I had a festival in like a week's time or I had a holiday in like five days or I had a trip somewhere or a fun day out with my friends in two weeks time, like a little bit more of a planned fun moment, I would feel better in my working week. It's almost like when you plan to see your boyfriend at the end of the week, you have like a really good week because you know that you're gonna be able to like relax and have fun. Even if you don't have a boyfriend, to plan in those fun moments, to plan in those experiences with your friend is really, really good. And that is something I don't do because I'm a very like, no, I must work hard, do my things. And I don't know how I'm gonna feel. I'm probably gonna feel tired. And so friends are not my priority in that way. And now I'm like, oh my God, no. I need, I every week now, oh my God, the fact that I'm doing this like every other day, I kind of wanna do that in England. Like, okay, can I organize something? I am never the friend to organize something. I will tell you that now. Normally I'm the friend that gets invited to things and I don't go. (laughs) Now I wanna be the friend that goes, hey on Tuesday do you want to go here cool and then ask another group of friends hey on Saturday do you want to do this cool I want to be the organizer I want to have people around my house I want to go on group runs I want to invite people to go do certain things and by having those planned fun moments I then get to be more relaxed and potentially grind harder in my day because I know I'm going to look forward to something at night but then also be more relaxed in my day, knowing that I don't have to go full steam ahead for three weeks straight and not know when my next fun activity is. And so yeah, bringing that back into traveling, like if you find yourself, you've got a whole week in a certain place or maybe six months in a certain place, be like, okay, once a week, can I book something spontaneous? Can I, you know, and I know budgeting is a thing too. And I'm very privileged to be able to kind of like book things and not worry about the budgeting side of things. But there are free activities too and if you can make friends and be like right Wednesday morning we are going on a sunrise run and for the next you know four days we're going to look forward to it potentially be a little bit um you know controversial that we have to wake up at 4 30 a.m but you're gonna look forward to it and you're gonna do it and you're gonna feel so good those are the things that you want to bring in and I've really found that by doing that you don't mind what you do in the free time so the fact that I know I'm going on a tour tomorrow I don't mind what I do today I don't mind if I have a hectic day. I don't mind if I have a relaxing day and I spend the whole day on the beach. I don't mind. Whereas if I didn't have something tomorrow and for the whole week, 
you know, maybe I'd be a bit agitated. Maybe I'd be like, well, I need to go on a workout and maybe I should go do this and do that and go on a walk and do this and do that and do that and do that and do that and be productive and journal and whatever, like, and almost be on this like, ah, mode rather than take a breath. Doesn't matter what we do in the meantime. So yeah. The next thing that I want to talk about is something that I talked about um, in my run club today when we were chilling at the end doing handstands in a circle. And one girl said she struggles to have alone time. Every moment she is with someone else or got to be doing something and scared of being alone. And then there was another girl who was actually quite in an isolation cycle and didn't really put herself out there for, you know, like, I don't know how long, but she got in a routine of cooking by herself, hanging out by herself and felt in this isolation cycle and didn't know how to get out of it. So almost polarizing kind of experiences and the first thing I'm going to say is learn how to regulate yourself so this is going to be for everyone but more importantly the people who don't know how to have time by themselves the people that need to be busy every day you know maybe you're you're at uni and you are stuck by a friend the whole time because you can't imagine a moment by yourself learning how to regulate yourself is going to be really really helpful because it means that when you're alone you can make yourself feel better and that is such an important tool because at the end of the day you are going to have a moment where you are alone and you know for a fact that I've had it too where you fill up your day with and week with everyone else and then suddenly no one's free everyone's busy everyone's away and you have a really down day because no one's around and you're like oh my god and you're feeling everything there is such a build-up because you didn't give yourself a moment in your day let alone week to feel anything and so it's like hit you by a truck you know maybe you have that like post festival blues or post holiday blues where you've been with people all the time you come back and suddenly you're alone and so it's sometimes no it's not sometimes it's always better to do it at a incremental basis right give it to yourself in small doses so that you're not hit by a truck on day 20 or day five um and things that help regulate yourself and regulate basically just means calm your nervous system right it's the same way that if a boy or girl you know your partner was stroking your head in bed making you feel calmer hugging you what can you do that makes you feel that calmness and one of them is movement, moving your body. You know, if you're in a really agitated space, going on a run, going on a walk, even dancing in your room, going to the gym, doing something that makes you feel good. Now, sometimes it's our only way of learning to regulate ourselves. And so we do it a lot or it's our only, you know, it's our only way. And sometimes it can be done in a different way. We think we're doing it in a feel good way, but really it could potentially be in like a, I've got to exercise every day and I'm just going to, tell people it's my way of doing things and yes it's in a way your way of making you feel safe the same way that restricting makes people feel safe binging makes people feel safe in a way like it's your way to soothe yourself sometimes over exercising is people's way of soothing themselves but if you know just be honest with yourself do I need to bring it in do I need to let myself do less um can I do it when I feel like I need to do it but also can I rest when I need to Other things that can help regulate yourself is having a shower. So if you're in a really big head rut space, we know how good we feel after an everything shower. Wash your hair, shave your legs, do the thing. Sometimes we don't need to do the whole thing. 
just even a body shower with some water running on you, a bit of soap, literally cleanses your energy. Okay, there might be some background noise because there's like a hoover going on, um, a vacuum. Um, So a shower is really helpful. Um, Cleaning up your space can really clear your head. You you know how good you feel once you've cleaned up your space. Um, A journal session, if your mind is really, really busy um, and you don't really know what you're feeling. And so like I've had a few days where I'm like, Alex, I need to go and have some alone time and I just need to journal and I go have a coffee, I sit down, I journal, I completely switch up my space, boom, I'm ready for my day. Um, Sometimes it's getting your favorite drink. It can be really small things. And especially the lower that you get, the harder it is to do the, the bigger things like journal or movement. And sometimes it is quite literally just like getting your favorite drink or putting yourself in the sun and looking at it for 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I love to get a coffee another great thing is listening to music if you can whack your headphones in or put it on a speaker put on your favorite jam it will help and sometimes when you're feeling your absolute lowest or run down or tired a nap can do the world of good if you can nap take a nap the amount of times that I've been in a highly agitated space in fact probably so dissociated that I couldn't even like move my like hand or get off my phone or whatever like I feel the girlies that feel like that. Sometimes you gotta knock yourself to sleep. (laughs) And when you wake up, you're gonna feel a lot calmer. It regulates you. And you you know, all your problems are not gonna be solved, but they're definitely gonna feel a little bit easier, a little bit calmer. You might be able to get yourself up, get changed, have a shower, do the small things. The next one is friends. And that is regulating off other people. And it's more like the example, you know, I said there was two girls, one that can have alone time and then one almost having too much. And I don't want to say too much because we go through different phases and we need different things. But sometimes you can get in a bit of a cycle of trying to figure out everything by yourself. And what I'm trying to say is that leaning on others is not a bad thing. You are allowed to. And this has been an experience for me as well because sometimes when I'm down and alone and I get in such a head rut um and I won't chat to any of my friends in fact I think two weeks ago I texted my friend Isha and I was like I don't chat to you and Lily so Isha and Lily are like my two core besties I have lots of besties but my core besties from home and like we see each other like every three months because we're always busy but we always know we're there for each other and I'm like bro I never go to you guys I go to the guy that I'm talking to I lay all my issues on my I say significant other at the time, even if that's just like a quick little fling, I I don't know, but like a situationship, but I don't, I don't think that I can go to my friends. Anyways, going to your friends and leaning on your friends is a good thing. And PS, I'm really sorry if there's a vacuum in the way, but I don't know how long they're going to be. So I kind of want to record. Anyways, yeah, not only just like texting or calling friends, but allowing yourself to hang out with friends even if you don't feel good enough yet sometimes we feel that we have to be perfectly happy in order to see our friends but you are allowed to turn up authentically in whatever emotion you are experiencing and sometimes let them look after you sometimes let their happiness you know infect you and influence you um and I've definitely experienced that in this holiday like there'll be times where like 
maybe have a bit of a, like a lower moment and then I'm walking and I see a friend I'm like oh my god and they're like we're going to the beach and I'm like cool and I wasn't a bit of a low moment and then I go to the beach and we're running around and we're having fun and having a few hugs and having a few conversations and I come back and I feel so much better so I want you to know that it's not about always figuring out everything by yourself you are allowed to feel good from your friends and then the other way of you know, if you're always feeling good from your friends and then not letting yourself have any moments with yourself, can you incorporate that in? And you know, there's science behind like hugging friends or hugging anyone. And I read today that you need eight hugs a day. Like eight hugs? I don't get eight hugs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like meeting up with friends, like physically being around other people, they help regulate your nervous system. So never be scared to hang out with someone, reach out, etc now my third thing is something that can be done alone and with friends and it's another way like it's already kind of incorporated in what i've said but having fun having fun regulates you so if you're alone and you've done all your movement your shower your journal your coffee and you're still feeling stuff and you're still like "Mm," like there's something going on my therapist sometimes texts me like anna can you just go have some fun for you and your inner child and at the beginning it's sometimes really hard and uncomfortable and I'm like no but taking myself off to a sticker shop um maybe having a really fun workout session maybe you know taking myself on a sushi picnic date by myself you know something like that and a lot of the time it is more fun to have with friends and that's why I've said alone or with friends but creating fun experiences with friends too are really going to help make you feel better the next thing that I want to talk about is listening to yourself and I'm just going to give you some quick kind of things to reflect on and this could be whether you're traveling whether you're at uni whether you're at home whether you're with friends all the time whether you're alone whether you're whatever experiencing let's say you're with friends if you need alone time and you know it it's in your head let's say you're with a group of friends and or you're hanging out with like you're on a girl's holiday or you're on a family holiday and you can literally feel yourself about to pop you need alone time you're going to do such a disservice to you if you don't act on that and if you just bottle it down and continue hanging out one you're not going to be very fun to hang around with (laughs) two like you're going against yourself listening yourself will be giving it to yourself so i know now if i can feel it coming up instead of being like oh but what will my friend think or what if I agreed to go and do something if I need alone time I need alone time I'm gonna go give it to myself next one food if you need food and the other person doesn't eat if you need if you know you need a really nourishing meal if you are hungry if you've like whatever you're feeling if you want the burger or if you know that you just did like a really big workout and you need to like fill up on the carbs more or whatever you can fill up on the carbs even if you had a rest day by the way I'm not saying anything like that but if you know that you need something more more calories more whatever and your friend doesn't or the person around you don't you do you and you do it you listen to yourself you know what's best for yourself okay next one if you need support listen to yourself and go text or call or ask a friend don't isolate if you're tired rest and sometimes you know i'm talking about listening to yourself it's not an easy thing to happen uh, to do right and most of the time if you're in this kind of like eating um exercise restriction really struggling with like body all of that stuff you're not quite in tune with yourself and you've lost your perception of knowing when you're tired or when you need rest and so 
we don't know when we're tired. And so that phrase of if you're tired, rest doesn't, you, you don't understand it. You're like, well, it doesn't apply to me or I don't know when I'm tired. My answer is to you, use your brain. Have you worked out every day this week? Have you, like, are you coming onto your period and are you tired? Like, are you, it's not that you're lazy, you may just be tired. You know, have you had a really exhausting day? Have you had an emotionally exhausting day? You may need physical rest. Uh, Did you cry a lot last night? You're gonna be tired. You know, did you go out last night and not get too much sleep? You're gonna be tired. You know, have you done a really intense workout yesterday and your body's sore? right so sometimes you got to use your adult brain so there's an element of being in tune and in in the present moment and sometimes you know for me like I'd be like right I want to go on a run today and then the next day I'm really in tune myself and I want a gym the next day I'm really in tune myself and I can go on a run and I'm quite a high energetic person so I have the physical ability to work out pretty much every day but there are times you know I could be at the end of the week and I'm like okay you did a long run you did a hard workout you did an event you did this you did that I'm just gonna use my adult brain I don't really care if you fancy a really long run or an intense workout I'm gonna use my adult brain and I'm gonna tell you to slow down if you want to go on a slow walk cool do it I don't really care but slow down you know can you practice having a sofa day I don't care whether the doctors say that you shouldn't sit on a bum all day or that you know, you should get up and do a slow walk every day. Like, it's really beneficial to practice being lazy too if you are naturally a go-go-go person and you need everything to be regimented and exercise every day and eat well. I'm telling you to practice eating a burger, practice eating pizza, practice having a movie day. And the same way as if you're on the other way and you don't know any, like, healthy habits, practice having a green juice, practice going for a workout. If you can practice the other end of the scale, you will be more balanced and you will become less fearful of the other side. Because first you'll realize that you enjoy it and you'll realize that it's not bad, you know, either end, healthy or not healthy. And again, nothing is not healthy. But it was the biggest lifesaver, especially if you're struggling with binging or, by the way, binging doesn't necessarily have to be very, very intense. You can have low level of binging and it could that it can just be like a restricting cycle so sometimes people can restrict in their meals you know go for like light meals and then find themselves like never feeling full and potentially eating more in the evening or whatever and practicing eating unhealthier foods that scare you practicing eating more at meal times practice or maybe it's the other way around maybe you eat really substantial meals but you're scared to snack maybe you need to practice snacking maybe you need to practice getting a chocolate bar in the afternoon and I did that in my recovery journey and it 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 was the biggest blessing because it's a tool that I have that when a friend says you want to go and get ice cream I'm like yeah and I don't stress about it when I fancy a burger I get it when you know when you're offered something you can have it and it's it's a great thing because the part that gets you in trouble is not eating the pizza it's eating the pizza having an insane amount of guilt feeling like you need to exercise after or eat a salad later or not eat breakfast the next day or think about it all day or binge or that's the part that gets you in trouble it's not the pizza it's what you it's the fear that you got around the pizza right it's the fear that you have around snacking that when you do snack you feel like you've bloody done a crime okay so practicing doing the scary things will make you more used to it I remember when I used to be scared of pasta scared of bread 
I practiced eating it and now I love a sandwich. I love a little pasta bowl and learning what you do and don't like. Like it's absolutely okay to like naturally not like certain foods too. Like I love a sandwich all the time, but if I was gonna go for a meal out, oh, sushi always and slightly less inclined to pasta. But it doesn't mean I'm scared of it. Do you know what I mean? Like we all have different enjoyments. And so if you have a friend who you're like, they have like problems because they never eat this, but they might love waffles every day. They may love other things. So that's another insight as well. Like be careful of like what you see in others too. It's better to just stay in your own lane, understand what's going on within you. And then the last little thing that I wanted to talk about was listening to yourself was like, let's say drinking all nights out. Let's say you're at uni or you're traveling and you just feel that you've had one too many days, like not a, oh, I need to have, like, I should have this, but kind of like it's ticking inside of you. Like, I just want a night in. I don't want to drink again. Like I'm feeling really tired. And then you've got everyone around you going, oh my God, come out. Don't be so boring. Why are you going to bed? Listen to yourself, stay in, hold your boundaries up, do what you've got to do. You know, even the other night, like I went out like I think a couple of nights in a row, had a little like evening out. Um, and then I think it was last night where people were kind of trying to like extend the night on further than like sometimes when the night isn't flowing too well, I'm just like, if I'm tired, I'm gonna go to bed. And then people are like, oh, but why don't we just go here and do this and this and this? And they're like, oh, why are you gonna go to bed? And I was like, I'm, I'm fine. Like I wanna go to bed, cool and they can have their perceptions just go to bed in peace no one no one cares they care you don't care okay so that's kind of I that was you know a lot longer than I thought I thought I was only going to do like a really short podcast but I'm glad I had lots of thoughts um about this the last thing that I said I was going to talk about was my run club and oh my god so I have been to run clubs you know quite a bit this summer really enjoyed it but it's been my personal space and so I tried not to make it like a work thing and bring my like socials into it I kind of enjoyed not always posting to which one I went to and just kind of going to it experiencing it for myself hanging out with my friends which I think is very important for myself to have some parts that are personal to myself and so I assumed that I didn't want to make the thing that I enjoyed like another kind of like venture like oh let me make a run club and then it was until I got to Sydney Australia and I, you know, a lot of people were like, can you do a meetup? And I didn't really know how to do it. I was like, do I just post my location in a park and just like have like a bunch of people like standing waiting to like meet up and like have a conversation and take some photos? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I like, it came to me within a moment and I acted on it straight away. And it's those spontaneous thoughts that sometimes are the biggest golden nuggets. And it came to me and I was like, what if you did a group run? I wasn't thinking I'm gonna set up a run club. I thought, what if you set a time and location, you know, Bond, uh, I think it was like Bondi Beach or Kuju Beach, 6.30 a.m., whoever wants to come, unlimited amount of people, um, free, let's just go run here to here. And I made a little like, I've got like an Aussie Friends broadcast channel. So I've got my Inside Anna's Mind one, which is more of a general one. And then my Aussie friends at the moment is more like updating everyone in Australia, where I'm at, what I'm doing so we can like meet up. And so I know that like when I come back from Australia, I'll make like a more of a general, like wherever I am, run club kind of one. And it was such a good turnout. It was the most wholesome thing. I think about 50 people ran with me at 6.30 a.m., 
like in a big group, sunrise was beautiful. And then when we got to the location, like the end point, I think probably like in total, like with the people running and stuff, I think like a hundred people, like I met a hundred people coming up, took pictures, chatted. It was so, so cute. And then afterwards I was like, I think I just made a run club. And the thing is, is I always thought run clubs had to be based off location. Same time, same day, every week at a certain location and you go run. And then what this inspired me to do was like, what if I had a not location-based run club, but a run club based on where I am? So I'm gonna go up like all the way in Australia and I'm gonna do a run club everywhere I go. When I get back to England, I'm gonna do run clubs in England, Manchester, different cities in England. You know, maybe this will get me traveling more because I'll be like, I will want to do a run club somewhere else. Different places in Europe, I wanna go Like I know I'm going to LA in March, so I'm gonna do like a run club there. And it will be a way for me to just continuously meet more of my community. And it is the most fulfilling thing that I do because I love knowing who's behind my podcast, who's behind my videos. Because every time I meet more people, when I do events, when I do run clubs, people go, I listen to your podcast, I watch your YouTube videos. And it always shocks me every time. I'm like, you listen to my podcast? Forgetting that literally thousands of people listen But because numbers are such a, like, what is a number? What is a thousand people? What is 30,000 people? What is 100K? What is 200K? What is 1.7 million on TikTok? I don't know. (laughs) But meeting people day by day, week by week, who is behind the mic, who is behind the videos is so important for me because I get to know you guys better. I get to know who I'm talking to. So yeah, it's a very exciting venture. It's a very exciting thing that I'm starting. And I can't wait to meet more of you guys. And yeah, I am now a little bit shaky. I need some food. And I love you so much. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. And I hope you guys are well. Remember my DMs are open on Inside Anna's Mind Instagram. It's your online journal. So hit me up. I may not reply, but I'm always there for you. And you can just update it when you need. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And I'm sending so much love. Bye.